You're listening to Leah and Alana watch The X-Files. Leah's seen it. Alana hasn't. I'm Leah. I'm Alana. I am so excited to read some fan fiction. I mean, I know that talking about the show is fun, but I feel like we're going to like this a lot more. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely. Uh, the day that I spent reading fan fiction, looking for ones to read was very enjoyable. I have to say, I do think that I maybe came across some spoilers accidentally, but not anything too big. I I tried to stick to season one uh, of Mm -hmm. fan fiction. Okay. That's good. I I feel like I know, I know character names that exist now. That's okay. I think that that's completely fine. Um, I just, I'm sorry, I was looking on this website, Archive of Our Own, you've maybe heard of it, and, you know, it shows, you know, like, pages one through nine, and then it shows, like, really far back ones, like, and it's 909 is how many pages, and so I was like, let me just click back. These were written in 1996. Oh, wow. Ooh. That's exciting. Uh, like, I found one that I think I'm going to read that was written in 2002, uh, but 1996. I didn't even know Archive of Our Own existed then. The It looks like the oldest one. Like, this says April 11th, 1994. Like, the show just started. Well, yeah. I mean, as soon as you see episode one, you can start writing the fanfic. I mean, true. All of them are just based on that candle scene. (laughs) Yeah. I just want everybody to know, as we read these fanfictions, that it is done with love. We are not making fun of anyone. We, or at least I, I I won't speak for you, Leah, but I have my own history with writing fanfiction that is Mm -hmm. quite embarrassing and upsetting um so not making fun of anyone just enjoying what it is yeah i i will say and admit that i've you know written a fanfic or two in my day not about the x-files but um i i honor and i appreciate the art and even though it may sound as though i'm poking fun at it it is from a place of love and like understanding exactly what this feels like. And also knowing that like maybe if I watched this show when I was younger, like I would have been writing this shit. Yeah. I think for sure if I had started watching the X-Files when I was younger, I would have written fan fiction about it. I think it's still possible that I might in the future write fan yeah, fiction about it. This might inspire not, you too. Yeah. You never know. I might be lying when I'm reading this fan fiction, and I might actually be reading my own. Yeah, we're actually just workshopping things that we've written, but we're not going <laughs> to admit it. Just so everyone knows, in my past, I wrote some fan fiction about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I wrote some fan fiction about Harry Potter. And Mm-mm. most upsettingly, I wrote some fan fiction about John Mayer, a real person. <laughs> yeah, I thanks for saying that that version is the most upsetting. Um, and I think that it's unfair because I, yours feels so much cooler than mine. Um, 
because oh, I wrote I wrote fan fiction about One Direction. <laughs> but I will say, and I don't know that this makes it any better, but I wasn't really writing it for myself. I would like people would like ask to have their name put into it and I'd like write them for people. Um but it wasn't like me. It wasn't about me and Harry Styles or something. It was about, you know, whatever Instagram user decided they wanted their name inserted into a fan fiction. But Wow. That was very generous of you. Very benevolent. Yeah, so I was very giving um in my fanfic one direction days, you know. People write fan fiction about some interesting characters. Characters. Um do you remember the Lone Gunman? Yes. The conspiracy theory group. And there's, <laughs> I think it's, but some of the characters' names, which I guess maybe they haven't said yet, but, you know, there's Langley and there's John Byers um, and there's Frohickey. And this is a John Byers and Langley hand job fan fiction. Whoa. And I just. Wow. Yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. That's you know, pretty cool. It's not just about Mulder and Scully here in the X-Files fandom. No, we're spreading the wealth. And you know what that saying is like uh I don't I I don't remember what it is, but it's something like there's there's a rule that if you can think of a pairing there is for sure a fan fiction that exists about it on the internet oh yeah there's i just read some of this and i just don't know really how to proceed with my life now um i'm gonna read some of this one so okay okay we're starting off here here it goes here's our first fan fiction okay so this is called break time this is from august 9th 1998 <laughs> And I assume this is the person, Tealand, wrote this in 1998. It is rated explicit. Um, you know, they're in there. I'll set the scene. They're, they're in their, like, I don't know, weird kind of dungeon lab that they're always in. Um, you know, working on separate things. <clears throat> <laughs> John could feel his eyes widening as Langley walked toward him, the ratty jeans doing little things to hide the signs of the other man's arousal. Their eyes locked for a long moment before Langley rested a possessive hand on the back of the older man's chair and spun him around to face the screen. What you got here, Byers? A dim, distant realization that the tiny reassertion of control had evaded Langley's voice nicely and John was fighting the urge to blush. Take a look. Langley leaned in carefully, casually, cruelly close. That's a great line. John could feel his eyes glazing at the slight tang of the younger man's scent. If he leaned just a few inches closer, he could bury his face in that pale, smooth throat and, oh, Jesus. This is my favorite part. Slow, shameless hand, clever hand, evil hand. 
Byers stifled a groan and a cough, spread his legs a little farther apart. And that's where I'd like to stop. Well, you know, I didn't think that I was going to be reading Langley Byers fanfic tonight. And now I wish that I had only looked for Langley Byers fanfic. I like that the first fanfiction we started this off with is two characters who we've only seen once in this show. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to read one now. I think I'm just going to read the whole thing. It's relatively short, although it might at some point start to feel long. Um, So this is from a series called Desire Shared by Two. Uh, And... It's written by someone whose username is X-File Dane. And it seems like what this person was planning on doing was having each chapter be about an episode in season one and describing how Mulder and Scully could have had sex in that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only three chapters, so only the first three episodes. And I'm going to read the chapter two about the second episode in the series. Great. Okay. And so chapter two is called Airbase Petting. Airbase Petting. Okay. Uh, I'm ready. All right. So outside Ellen's airbase. It was a strange case they had tumbled over this time. Scully had thought it was a waste of their time from the start. Chasing flying saucers in the middle of the night after breaking into a military ground to see what two stone teenagers had told them, that the military are using UFO technology in their crafts. So this is just like a recap of what happens in episode two. We should just be reading this person's (laughs) fanfic as our, like, episode recaps. Right. The sky was clear and a lot of stars were showing. It was really beautiful, she had to admit to herself, but after sitting here for a while, she was beginning to freeze. Mulder sensed that she was shaking a bit and offered her his jacket. I'm fine, Mulder. You will freeze if you take that off, she said, but regretted her answer. How wonderful it would be to be embraced in his jacket, in his scent for the rest of the night. She heard Mulder move next to her, and before she knew what he was doing, he was sitting behind her, spooning her with his arms and legs. And legs. Full body spooning. Yeah. Scully closed her eyes. Should she move? Should she tell him that it was inappropriate for him to sit this close to his working partner? The truth was that she actually enjoyed his closeness. She felt safe with his arms around her. Truth be told, Mulder had been very nervous about his bold move. He didn't like that Scully was freezing her ass off because of him. It was him who had dragged her out here in the middle of nowhere. On a hunch, he would finally be able to see a real UFO. The least he could do was to keep her warm. So he had opted for the obvious solution to spoon her with his body. He could feel her body tense, but after a while, she relaxed and leaned against him. Do you ever wonder if there's someone out there looking down at us from afar? He whispered into her ear while while he was still gazing at the starry sky. Scully still had her eyes closed. She could feel Mulder all around her, smell his masculine scent mixed with his, his breath of sunflower seeds. Yep. He was so close to her. <laughs> Very good. This person pays attention to details. They do. They, we need to get them on the pod. If she had turned her head, she would be flush against his lips. Even though they had worked together for such a short time, she had looked more than once on his gorgeous full lips when she thought he didn't notice. 
Oh, how she wondered how they would feel against hers. She had begun to fantasize about kissing him late at night when she tried to release her build-up want for him. Out of nowhere, a moan escaped her mouth while thinking dirty thoughts about her partner. She begged he hadn't heard it. Are you okay, Skelly? Where does it hurt? He asked, full of concern, but he wasn't fooled. Oh, no. He had heard loud and clearly his partner moaned right this moment, even though he had no clue about what. What exactly had triggered that in his ears? <laughs> Beautiful sound. I'm fine, Mulder, she answered with a vague voice. Oh, God, this was embarrassing. She thanked God that it was dark so he couldn't see her flushed cheeks. She wasn't freezing anymore, so far from freezing. Her body was burning with a need and desire she hadn't experienced for a long time. She sensed his breath slowing down, so she decided to make a bold move and move closer to him. So she sat flush against him. He made a painful sound, as she could feel he had a raging boner towards her back. She could <laughs> They really just go straight to it. She could feel he tried to move away, but she had put her arms around his kneecaps, so it was impossible for him to move. Her core was screaming to be touched now. Scully, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I, oh my God, I'm so, shh, don't be Mulder, she said with a deep voice he had never heard before. She was still sitting with her back against his stomach, and the next thing she did surprised Mulder even more. She moved her legs over his and made sure he bent his own legs, so hers were fully spread and resting on his knees. He gulped, as there was no longer any doubt what she wanted. It was so erotic to know that he could decide with his own legs how spread out he wanted hers to be. How are they sitting? <laughs> Is there a visual? There's not a visual. I wish there was a diagram because I'm very confused about the logistics. I think... So, Mulder is behind her. And her and legs his, are... His, his legs, legs are, are out straight. And her legs are over his legs. Oh, so he can move... He can move out and then spread her... Okay. Right. Very if cool. He spreads, Very if cool. he spreads his legs... Yeah. <laughs> if you want me to stop, just tell me, okay? He said with a deep, dark voice. If she could see him now, she would see his pupils were fully dilated and pitch dark. I don't want you to stop, she said, leaning her back against him so she could whisper her slow words into his ear. She could feel his fingers start to descend on her body. He moved his hand down to her breast, touching her hard nub. I really don't like that that's how <laughs> they're describing that. He gave it a squeeze while he whispered into her ear, Imagine that this is my tongue licking your nub. Again, they repeat calling it a, a nub. Why isn't it at least nip? I don't know. I don't know. It shouldn't be a nub. If someone <laughs> said that to me, I'd lose my mind. You could feel him right into her core. This was so sensual that she craved his fingers to go further down. She wanted him to finger fuck her, and she was so, so ready for it. She could feel his hands move further down, tickling her belly before he had reached his destination. She tried to mm -hmm. lift herself from the ground to meet his hands. I, oh, confusing, but he held her down. He was so strong and well-built that it was no problem at all to keep her where he wanted her to be. He wanted to see how far apart he could spread her legs with his own, and he thanked heaven for her yoga classes. 
She was full open now. She could feel the wind blowing on her now very wet pussy. Mm -hmm. He started to touch her opening to check how wet she was. You are soaking, Scully. All this just for me? He asked, a little surprised and humble. All for you, she managed to answer him with a a strained voice. Oh, God, Mulder, I really want this, she moaned. And, you know, I think I'm going to stop there. I think that that really... Mm -hmm covers the next couple paragraphs yeah he finger fucks her he does he sure does for a few paragraphs (laughs) (laughs) yeah for a few paragraphs uh a a helicopter shows up and they end up having to run away if you want to know how that ends does she orgasm um his fingers fucking her relentless while his thumb was circling her bud sent her into multiple spasms as she had a major orgasm. So, yes, she mm. does. Wow. I mean, whew. Thank you for reading that. You're welcome. Um, incredibly brave of you. Thank you. It, it felt brave while I was doing it. So, this is called Baby It's Cold Outside. And yes, it is winter and Christmas themed, and it is written by Banana Chef, uh, whose name I admire. It's a great name. So, should I be um, should I be imagining the song "Baby It's Cold Outside" in the back of my head while you read? Yeah, this? you you definitely should. There will be a part where the fanfic prompts it. Oh, um, great. Yeah, it is, it is directly mentioned, but I think it's helpful for you to think of it. Um, I will, I'll read the summary because I'm not going to read the beginning of this. I'm going to jump to the middle because it's, it's a little lengthy. She screeched, quickly shoving open the passenger door and scrambling outside to slam it closed. Suddenly, Mulder was beside her, grasping her hand and tugging her along to a side door. He fumbled with the doorknob but eventually got it, dragging Scully inside after him, letting the metal door slam shut. Both of them breathed heavily. Scully wrapped up in Mulder's arms to preserve warmth. It's fucking freezing, she commented with a laugh, teeth chattering. Yeah, he responded, pulling her closer, as she shivered for a reason other than the cold. We should, Scully swallowed, playing with a button of his coat. We should go to your apartment. It's warmer there. She didn't want to leave Mulder's embrace. He's so warm. The image of waking up tangled with his naked body underneath a horde of blankets invaded her mind, and she abruptly stepped away from him. So, there's that. And that's the summary, by the way. That's the summary? <laughs> that's what's in the summary, which is actually just, like, part of the fan fiction. But, oh. so, you know, they go to his apartment. She takes a shower there and wears his clothes. Are hers wet? I don't know. Or she just wants to be comfortable? Maybe. He makes a meal of pasta and fails miserably, which I think would be accurate um yeah that seems right okay i'm gonna start right here 
My parents would dance to baby it's cold outside, Mulder said softly, and Skelly turned around to look at him. He was gazing at her, a familiar look on his face. He was trying to choose his next action carefully. I have a copy of it to play in my disc, man. <laughs> a yeah. copy of it to play in my disc, man. It's very good, yeah. Agent Mulder, are you asking me to dance with you, she teased, trying to lighten the mood. She bit her lip to stifle her smile, but let it bloom when Mulder smiled back. I mean, the imagery here is gorgeous. <laughs> what would you say if I was, he asked, standing up and walking over to her. Scully leaned against the counter, looking up at him as he placed his hands on either side of her, cocking his head to the side and arching an eyebrow. She wanted to sneak one hand under his sweater and undershirt to feel his skin, Use the other to cup his cheek and kiss him. I'd say yes. Baby, it's cold outside, drifted from the disc man as Mulder held Dana in his arms. She is now switched to Dana. Mm -hmm. In this section, she's no longer Skelly. Dana. Dancing Dana. She is dancing Dana. Um, the two swaying slowly to the song. Her fingers were intertwined at the small... Oh, his fingers were intertwined at the small of her back, hers at the base of his neck, while her head rested on his chest. He closed his eyes, resting his chin on her head lightly before angling his face down to press a kiss to the crown of her head. This is nice, Mulder murmured, enchanted by the smell of Dana's personal scent mixed with the scent of his shampoo and conditioner. You know, people in fan fiction really focus on scent. Yeah. Well, they're trying to evoke, you know, they're trying to, to get you to be there. And I think they are. They're inviting you in. is one way to do that. But I just don't think, would Skelly still have her personal scent after just taking a shower and using his shampoo and body wash? Maybe she sweat a little bit. You know, she's nervous. Yeah, she lifted her head to gaze up at him. And before he knew what was happening, their lips connected. Their kiss was gentle, and her lips were so, so soft, just as pleasant as he'd imagined. This is a bad idea. But Dana only went back for more, and Mulder was happy to give himself over to her. I like bad ideas, in case you didn't know. He kissed across her jaw, one hand tangling itself in her hair, as the other hand tugged his shirt she was wearing away from the pair of his pants she was wearing, that's, I think, a great line. He nipped at the pulse point by her ear, drawing out a delicious gasp inside that made Mulder's lips quirk. So there's a lot going on in, in this small paragraph. Yeah. It's a lot happening. Yeah. Also, like, what, what pants of his do you think that she's wearing? Are we talking trousers? Like Pajama it's gotta be pants? sweatpants or pajama pants, you know? Okay. Dana dragged her nails over his scalp, causing him to groan before directing his lips back to hers. This kiss was much more powerful than the first. She kissed him like she was trying to consume him, trying to imprint the taste of him and the feel of his lips in her mind. She kissed him like she was trying to sate a years-long desire to make love to him, and he groaned at the thought when she playfully bit his lip. Dana, he huffed out before being drawn back to the bed 
no. Oh, I skipped ahead. Before being drawn back into the kiss by the heady taste of her. Heady? Heady? I know how to read. Dana, he repeated, and then they finally parted, breathing heavily. Bed. That's what he says. He just says, Dana, Dana, bed. So I got confused there. Yes. He picked her up in a bridal carry, which frankly is absurd. Her arms wrapping around his shoulders as he carried her to his bedroom. Uh, in what bedroom? I We've never seen it. Right. We have no evidence that he has a bedroom. But in this fanfic, he definitely does. Mulder set her down on the bed and was met with Dana's lips once more, breaking away just long enough to fumble for the light on his bedside table and turn it on. Dana, he breathed when their lips met after she tugged off his sweater and undershirt. Dana, as he moved his lips across her collarbone after removing his shirt that she was wearing. Dana, like a prayer as he pulled down his pants that she was wearing. (laughs) Dana, like her name was salvation, a balm for all his wounds. Dana, he groaned, his fingers finding her sex. That's one of my favorite things people do in fan fiction is describe any genitalia as their sex. Mm -hmm. And spreading her moisture as he laid her down on his bed like he'd envisioned too many times to count. Molder, she exhaled, hands quickly making their way to his belt to undo it and shove his pants down. He kicked them off and quickly claimed Dana's lips unable to bear being away from her sweet warmth any longer than necessary. I'm clean. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So am I, Mulder responded. Haven't been with anyone in years, but I don't have protection. So I'd like to pause here for a moment. I I appreciate that they're checking in about each other's sexual history and whether or not there's any risk of STD. And, you know, there is talk of protection, which is, I mean, amazing. Yeah, I think that's great. And also something that I remember from my days of reading fanfic, I think I maybe told you when we were talking about the Buffy fanfic I would read, that I would Mm -hmm. often come across fanfiction that would, before the characters had sex, they would say, have you been tested? When's the last time you were tested? If you haven't been tested, we can't have sex without a condom, which is a very interesting conversation to throw into a fan fiction, but I appreciated it. People were like, you know, we're going to add a little sex ed. Okay. Cause yeah. I know who's reading this and I know that they need to know. Even in a fantasy, you have to be safe. Yeah. I remember being pretty livid in the one direction fanfics I would read that there was, you know, very little talk of condoms and protection of any sort. But I think most of the people writing those were like 14. Mm. (laughs) And maybe that was uh, causing, uh, you know, they didn't think that it was sexy, but it it is. Yeah. And I think those are the people who most need to hear that message. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm just going to read a little bit more, but I felt like that was important. It was. He pulled away to make solid eye contact with Dana. I hate calling her Dana. I'll say it. It's, you know, it's like a different person in my mind. I don't like it either. It doesn't feel right. It's wrong. And why is he still Mulder? Right. 
Um, uh, and so he pulled away to make solid eye contact with Dana, who silently parted her legs and pulled him close to her. How's your pullout game, she asked. And he laughed with her, gently kissing her shoulder. Good, unless you plan on embarrassing me. Mulder pressed a kiss to the corner of her jaw and then to her chin. Are you planning to embarrass me? I guess you'll have to wait and see, Dana replied. Oh, I love this part. Oh, my God. And if he had a ring, he would have proposed to her right then because her eyes reminded him of the stars in the night sky when he would watch them with Sam, his sister, Samantha. She brought him back to the present with her hand against his slightly stubbled cheek, brows creased in worry. Hey, hey, is everything all right? We don't... No, I'm fine. It's just... Mulder squeezed her hip and she nodded sympathetically, rubbing her thumb along his cheek. This is a lot. Because I love you. And... And if I had a ring, I'd propose to you right now. If I thought you'd say yes, I'd venture out in this snowstorm to buy one. Whoa! I mean, <laughs> That's a turn. Quick. <laughs> I I need to back up a, a yeah. little bit because we were just talking about how responsible they were being, but then Mulder and Scully decide to do the, the pull-out method, which I just don't think Dana as a medical professional would agree to. She is desperate. You know, years of longing here. Um, yeah, I, I do agree with you, though, but they are now confessing their love, and so. Yeah. Doesn't really matter if he pulls out or not, because they're going to yeah. get married. They're going to get married right after this, and so I guess they're ready to also have a child. Um, this is, I, I okay, I'm going to read some more, and then I'll, and then I'll decide how much further I'll go. Dana's eyes were shining with unshed tears as she reached down between them and stroked him, keeping eye contact as she maneuvered herself with his help so that they were aligned. It's a lot, she agreed. I love you too, and if you proposed to me, I'd say yes. But don't venture out into the cold for a ring. It's warmer here. Together. She was smiling by the end, eyes bright and face shining with happiness. Plus... I've been wet for you all night. <laughs> She's like simultaneously like agreeing to marry him, but is also like, but I want you to understand, like, I want to have sex with you right now. So like, that's nice and all, but let's get back right. to the matter at hand. She, she basically said yes to his marriage proposal with her hand on his penis. Yeah, she did. 100%. That's what she did. Um, yeah. And was like, but don't, but don't do it don't go let's let's just get back to this um then she says i touched myself in your shower in the hope that it would help but it didn't it just made me wish that it was your hand dana guided his hand as she talked touching my clit and your mouth see this writer knows the words she wound her fingers into his hair and gently pushed his head down on my nipples Following her direction, Mulder wasted no time teasing her and immediately started experimenting with different ways to rub her clit, which experimenting feels weird, but, but I get what they're going for here. Finding what made her gasp his name and rake her nails down his back, suckling marks onto the soft skin of her breasts. 
Once he found the tactic that dissolved her into moans and thrusting hips, he finally took her nipple in his mouth and deftly brought her to the edge, inserting two of his fingers inside her. She whimpered and looked beautiful with her red hair curling as she thrust her hips against his fingers. Seeking her end. Come for me, Dana. Come for me. I know you can. He's very supportive. He crooked his fingers inside her, and she screamed his name, reaching her peak. Mulder vaguely wondered if he'd get a noise complaint from his neighbors, but pushed the thought aside in favor of watching Dana come down, breasts heaving. The rest of it is, you know, them having sex. They're having sex. They're having sex. They're having sex. He says, yeah, baby, I want to see your face when you come again. So, you know, they're, and that, him saying that, you know, really works. And um, he does successfully pull out and Congrats have an to orgasm. Him. I'm, glad, so, I'm glad to hear that. I was worried they were going to end with him not successfully doing that. And then he says, so how would you rate my performance? And she laughs and says, I'd say 10. Mulder smiled, nuzzling her hairline. Out of what? She looked up at him and said, I think you can figure that out for yourself, Agent Mulder. She keeps calling him Agent Mulder. Yeah, it's interesting that that she's getting more formal with him as he's getting less formal with her. Yeah, well, it plays into kind of our understanding of Scully's attraction to, like, authority figures. True. She's, like, playing into it. Um, So, yeah. There you have it. Um, I think that it's pretty good. That was a good one. That was a legit one. You know, classic snowstorm scenario. Some of it was, yeah, it's a classic snowstorm, a little bit of Christmas music. I really enjoyed how much they mentioned that she was wearing his clothes. They, I meant to say that earlier. They really wanted us to know that she was wearing his shirt and pants. He slid his hand into his pants on her, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> into her, his pants. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, props to you, uh, Banana Chef. Great this job. one was, this was published yesterday. So that's awesome. (laughs) That's a brand new one. We just premiered it. (laughs) World premiere (laughs) of Baby It's Cold Outside by Banana Chef. Congrats, Banana Chef. Wow. Okay. So I have one that I think I'm, I'm not going to read the full thing. It's not extremely long, but... I don't think I need to read the full thing, but I'll kind of skip around. Um, I I want to read this one because I have to say it confuses me a little bit. But this story is inspired by an Instagram post. And I watched the Instagram post. And it is a bunch of clips of Mulder and Scully edited together to the song The Hills by The Weeknd. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Send me that Instagram sexy, post. <laughs> a very sexy song. 
Um, and I do have to say, and I, I, I guess I, <laughs> I haven't read this too in depth, and I don't know at what point this comes in, but one of the tags on this story is mildly dubious consent. Mildly dubious consent. Um, okay. I appreciate the warning. I don't really know what it means. I don't know what classifies as mildly dubious consent, but I guess that we'll see. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Scully suddenly stirred in her slumber, warm and heavy with sleep. Although in the soft confines of her bed, she had an underlying sense of unease, as if her surroundings were not quite what she expected them to be. The room was, was clothed in darkness, but moving lights from outside bled through the blinds, occasionally striking, streaking lights across the walls and pillows and illuminating the muted colors in the room. As the light drifted across her face, she stirred and her clothing rustled as she shifted the blood red satin cool to the touch of her warm skin. A soft moan escaped her lips as her body tensed and was slowly aware of her name being called through the darkness and strained to comprehend who or what it was through the reverberations of her surroundings. Scully, the voice tentatively called as she realized it was Mulder, who was calling her with a concerned tone, but she could not see him with her in the room. It was then she realized there was a phone next to her, and she cringed with a tint of embarrassment that she might have not only called her partner in her sleep, but he heard her indiscretion. Mulder, she sighed breathlessly down the line. She wanted to say it was a dream. She knew she, she should tell him she was fine like she always did, but she was on fire and needed release which seemed so out of her grasp, and for once she had no inhibitions or reasonings. At that moment, she felt brazen, authentic, and unashamed. She needed him and had no doubt he would help her if she requested him. Her mouth felt dry with shame of her request, and she licked her lips to help her find the words, as he licked his when he received them. Mulder, wow. I need you to come up here, she whispered, and her hand slid from the phone and slowly skimmed across the silky fabric, to below her waistband, to the source of the heat when she gasped as she discovered her own arousal. She could imagine him now, his tie loosening, the top button of his shirt undone, exposing the shadow of his Adam's apple, and stubble on his strong jaw and chin, as he ran his long fingers across to his full lower lip, head back, eyes wide, and mouth agape, astounded at the implication of her invocation. With each second, her breathing quickened, becoming shallower and louder. The last thing she heard was his reply, I'll be right there. As, his vo as he voice cracked with lust and anticipation on the last syllable as the phone went dead. So I just want to pause here and, and say that what seems to be happening is that Scully was having some kind of wet dream. And in her mm -hmm. wet dream, while she was asleep, picked up her landline and called <laughs> Mulder. Yeah, dialed his number. Yeah, not a cell phone, not a butt dial. We're still in the era of landlines here. I mean, that is some strong lust right there. It is. So I'm not going to read the full sex scene. I'll just skip mm -hmm. to the end of the sex scene and then the end of the story. Great. So Mulder shows up and they're having sex. That's where we're at now. As the hot, wet heat of his mouth met the fabric covering her apex, her eyes closed and rolled back into her head. 
the pressure of the pleasure too much, and she erupted, electricity radiating, radiating out from her core to every cell, exploding into white lights in her eyes as she cried out ecstatically, oh my God, oh my God. Wet on wet, exploring unknown pleasures, tastes, and places, a grazing of teeth, and then a softer kiss to ease the tension, pulsating in a slow and slick synch synch synchrony. Both fast and frantic, salacious and sensitive as they turned, the static storm crashing heavy and humid around them through clenched teeth and breathless gasps that were barely intellig intelligible. Okay, so this is the end of the paragraph. And then there's like a line break to denote a new scene. Mm -hmm. So this is the new scene. I'm ready. As a guttural sigh left her mouth, Scully dared herself to reopen her eyes. The feeling, f f f f f. I don't know if I know this word. <laughs> ephemeral. I don't think that's. No, oh, I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'll just say it's euphoric. The feeling euphoric as she looked at Mulder, who didn't look like he did before. He is dressed in his usual clothing, and the surroundings are no longer her bedroom, but the office they have shared for years. They look at each other, scared to maintain their eye contact and speak, each bewildered with what just transpired. She manages to breathe out a question that hangs heavily in the room, the intent full as a storm cloud before it breaks. You've been here the whole time? He only nods in reply but she can tell from his expression that he not only knows the implications of her question, but knows her secret too. So, wow. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. There is. They, they didn't have sex. I don't know. I, I don't know that I understand what's happening at the end here. I think one way to read this is that none of this was true and she fell asleep in the office instead of her bedroom and had mm -hmm. this dream and he was watching her have this dream. It yeah. kind of seems though like it's saying like he knows what happened and like did they have sex and then, I don't know, got transported to their office? <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. Is it the next day? Is it... Or, yeah, did she fall asleep at the office, was, like, clearly having a sex dream about him, probably, like, saying Mulder out loud, and now he's just, like, okay? But it just seems like... They look at each other, scared to maintain their eye contact and speak, each bewildered with what just happened. So they're both confused. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like if they're both confused... They didn't have sex. Or, yeah, did somebody just transport their bodies to the office? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. They both were abducted and dropped back off at the office immediately after having sex with each other. You love, you love a twist at the end. Yeah. Okay, so this one's, this one's too much for me to read out loud. But I'll read some of it. This was also published yesterday. <laughs> I found some new ones. This is called 26 Minutes by Dana Scully, 77. Hmm. This is the summary. It's a simple game, really. Touch the other person and you fail. Tonight is Scully's turn to be in charge. 
and Mulder is already close to breaking. It again starts with, it's a simple game, really. Touch the other person and you fail. It's a game that Scully and Mulder enjoy playing. They take turns being the one in control and the one who's forbidden to touch. This is, I think this is very fun. I really like this for them. Scully. I like that he calls her Scully. Her name is a low groan as she hands, oh no, as his hands thread in the sheets beneath him. Yes, Mulder, Scully purrs, teasing him, knowing exactly what it is that he wants. Touch me. I am. It's not a lie. Scully is technically touching him, but they both know that Mulder doesn't mean his chest. He is stark naked on the bed, lying in a prone position on his back, with Scully perched delicately alongside him. She isn't touching any part of him, aside from her fingertips, just barely stroking along his chest. Her touch is feather light, like a wisp of air breathing over, breezing over his skin. So this one, and I, I will say the one you read, also had some beautiful descriptive words. Yes. I was very impressed. Okay, back to this. Shit. Mulder pants when he briefly presses harder. When she briefly presses harder, dragging her nail over one of his nipples before returning to her soft touch. You know what you have to do, Mulder, Scully taunts. A smirk is already adorning her face, confident that he will break. After all, he is already begging to be touched, and all that has happened was she had instigated the game and removed his clothing. Mulder's weak. Yeah, he must lose every time. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. His eyes flash darkly at the teasing arch of her eyebrow, burying his hands deeper into the sheets in retaliation. You're not winning tonight. It's a lie. They both know it. The person who isn't allowed to touch always ends up losing at some point. The pleasure gets too great. The anticipation becomes too hard to resist. The possibility of an earth-shattering orgasm, too hard to deny. The only question is, how long will the person last? And it's that part of the game that makes it so delicious, because Mulder and Scully are nothing if not competitive. A timer rests on her nightstand, slowly ticking away, keeping strict track of how long it takes the person to give in and touch the other in pure desperation. Scully currently holds the record. She resisted Mulder for 32 minutes a few weeks ago, but Mulder is determined to outlast her. His cock might hate him by the end, but God damn it, he can't let her win. Wow. <laughs> when she broke his record, she had gloated for the next few days at the gym, in the office, at the grocery store. Anytime there was a timer, a mention of willpower, a comment about withholding pleasure for the benefit of results, Skelly had sent Mulder a wicked and cocky grin. 20 more seconds, I know you have it in you, cyclist instructor at the gym. Information gathering requires a strong willpower, incredibly dull presenter at a mandatory meeting at work. Wait to eat your dessert, it will be that much better if you do. Mother to her son at a local diner on the outskirts of some remote town. I really like these uh, examples that they've provided here. <laughs> Little glimpse into their life. Are they taking a cycling class together? I don't know, but I hope so. 
Mulder recites the moments in his mind as Scully continues her slow torture. As if noticing that Mulder is trying to distract himself, her fingers suddenly clamp over one of his nipples. The hard squeeze is enough to jolt Mulder back into present time, and he grunts at the sensation. Take off your clothes. He tries a different tactic. If he can get her naked, she might not be able to resist him. Then he wouldn't have to touch her at all and still get once he still get what he wants to be buried deep inside of her pussy. And I think that that's a nice hmm. place to stop. So why basically, Scully, why would Scully get naked and help him? I don't know. I don't think that she does. Smart. And oh, she wears sexy underwear, so she takes. Her clothes off after a little bit, but is in sexy underwear. So it's worse for him. So, you know. Mm. And Be then, careful what um, you ask for, Mulder. Yeah. And then obviously they have sex and that lasts for a while. A good long while. And we find out that he lasts 26 minutes. So... He does nice. not beat her record, but that's pretty good. Good job, Mulder. What was her record again? I think it was 32. Okay. Oh, it ends with just more. I really, I want to read this. So she says 26 minutes, and he says, her reply earns a harsh bite to her nipple, and soon she is thrown onto her back. Mulder's face between her thighs. She is getting eaten out like it's his last meal on earth. And she makes a mental note to tease him more often. So that's, you know, she really won here. Yeah, that, I was going to say, that's a happy ending. Yeah. Way to go, Dana Scully 77. That was a fun one. A fun, fun, sexy one, Dana Scully 77. Yeah, they're really exploring some games. Yeah, you got to keep it interesting. Okay, so I have one that I don't plan on reading all of it. I kind of want to see how much you'll let me get through. Um, I'm not going to read the description. I think you'll figure out pretty quickly what it's about. (laughs) It's titled Indiscretion. It's written by uh, Lepis Articus. And it was written in 2017, so a couple years ago. Not as recent as yours. All right. (laughs) Phoebe's long umber hair swung in the night, slicing through the fog and sending vapors vapors whirling under the dim flicker of the old senile street lamps. Is she going to have sex? Is she going to have sex with Scully? Because if she's Phoebe not going to have sex with Scully. <laughs> Phoebe was brilliant, beautiful, and completely fucking psychotic. He was 22 and painfully, pathetically in love. Come on now, Mulder, she oozed, her thick molasses voice muffled in her throat. He loathed mm. her voice. No, he adored her voice. No, he hated it. At wow. any rate, something about those swallowed round hiccupy London consonants drove him to the brink of madness. We've got an appointment I'd like to keep. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip ahead. Skip ahead. Skip to the part where he's no longer fucking Phoebe. 
Phoebe, you've got to be kidding me, he laughed. After an entire semester of quoting the Valley of Fear back and forth to one another, she'd brought him to Arthur Conan Doyle's fucking grave. That's what this weekend trip had been about. God, he loved her so ardent, ardently that he was sure it wasn't healthy. Um, so not. basically, this is when they fuck on a gravestone, but the mm-hmm. twist of this is that they fuck on Arthur Conan Doyle's gravestone. Wow. She brings a condom. She has it in her back pocket. Good for her. All right, I'll give it to her. She's smart. <laughs> he says, I love you. Oh, Mulder. He asked her to come back to America with him. Do you think this is the first time he has sex ever? On the gravestone? I don't think. At, at <laughs> least in this fiction, I don't think so. Okay. She calls him Fox. He says, don't fucking call me that. <laughs> Good for him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He wow. thrust into her madly, roaring in the mist, and came in several hot spurts that squelched between his dick and the latex of the condom. Bliss, emptiness, la petite mort. Tonight, oh, tonight when he reawakened, Phoebe was smiling that insane Cheshire smile as she smoothed her skirt back down over her hips. Well, someone's feeling tender tonight. Because he said that he loved her. And she didn't mm. say she loved him back. Yeah. Um, and then it ends saying, it was strange, really, how love tasted so much like hatred. Mm. Wow. I'm glad that they explored the fucked upness of their relationship in this. Um, it feels accurate to me. Yeah, I think this actually is a pretty good uh, fan fiction. Maybe yeah, I read it all, personally. <laughs> You're like, maybe I read it five times. I am have it saved as a bookmark. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you either way. <laughs> did you write this one, Alana? Maybe I did. Back in this 2017. One, this one seems like one that you would have written. You are obviously lying about the year, but that's okay. I'll let you have it. Yeah. convenient that it's not from this year. <laughs> Listen, I just want to say that I specifically looked for Phoebe fan fiction and I, what I found was very interesting and scarce. Mm. I see. Good. But I'm glad that people have written this graveyard scene that is acceptable. Yeah, I think that has to be written. If If that... If that existed as a thing that we knew about Mulder and nobody wrote a fan fiction about it, that would be crazy. Oh, I agree. So we're going to take, I guess, a little bit of a, a turn from the sexual fan fictions here. Um, this is called Babyface Blues by Cactus Tree. Um, should I read the summary? I'll read the summary. What are we doing today? Just a little trim? Dana swallows. No, actually, I... She pauses, looks herself over one last time. Can you make me look older? The origin of Scully's infamous season one hairstyle. One shot. Set during and after the pilot. Because if you guys remember, it was something I really, you know, clung to, that Scully's hair changes after the pilot, and she does indeed 
look older. Like they did something and she must have gone in and said, can you make me look older? Yeah, you weren't the only one that noticed. I was not. Thank you, cactus tree. You make me feel seen. The residual embarrassment from the mosquito bite incident has only just begun to wear off when a flight attendant leans down to place a paper cup of coffee on Agent Mulder's tray table and then asks him softly, And would your daughter like anything? Wow. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Dana is leaning back against the headrest with her eyes closed, but she is not asleep. Coming off what have been the most exhausting 48 hours of her life, she'd expected to drop into unconsciousness as soon as she was settled into her seat. Instead, despite arranging herself into the most comfortable position possible and closing her eyes against the dim cabin lights, she remained stubbornly awake, unable to calm her restless mind. Way too wired, to borrow a phrase. The motel fire left her with nothing but what she'd had on her person when she and Mulder rushed out in response to the news of Peggy's death. And so she is still dressed in the same oversized raincoat and jeans that were soaked through in the cemetery, face bare of makeup, hair loose about her shoulders. She is 29 years old, a medical doctor and a federal agent, and she has just been mistaken for the doctor, for, for the daughter of her partner, who as far as she is aware, is in his mid-30s, as far as she is aware. (laughs) Well, maybe they never tell us how old Mulder is. Yeah, they never discuss it. Mulder lets out a quiet chuckle. No thanks, he says to the flight attendant. He does not correct her. What? feels him shift next to her. Yeah, what the fuck? He thinks she's asleep and is like, I'm not going to. Dana feels him shift next to her. She can't be sure, but she thinks he's looking at her. Because her dignity depends on maintaining the fiction that she is asleep, she forces herself to breathe deeply, steadily, channeling every ounce of energy into holding her face in a neutral expression, ignoring the warmth in her cheeks and the pounding in her ears. Oh, she's livid. She keeps her eyes closed for the remainder of the flight. She's so stubborn, but she does not sleep. When the plane touches down, she feigns waking up and avoids Mulder's eyes as she follows him down the aisle to the exit. She's self-conscious. Poor Scully. Well, that flight attendant made an insane mistake. Yeah, and and a really brave thing to say. Like, why assume that? Why even assume that they know each other? Right, and Dana for sure was probably wearing, why am I calling her Dana? Scully, for sure, (laughs) was definitely wearing a blazer. Like, I'm sure she didn't look like a child. Yeah, even just, like, the fact that she's wearing an oversized raincoat, like, I don't think that most children, no, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a second. Okay. The next morning, Dana dons a smart charcoal gray suit, applies her usual understated makeup, blow dries her hair, pins straight, and slips on a pair of black pumps. Stepping in front of her full-length mirror, she expects to be reassured by the image of a well-dressed professional woman. Instead, her reflection confirms the fear that has plagued her since the previous night, the fear that has plagued her really for as long as she's worked at the bureau. She looks like a child playing dress-up. 
Dana turns this way and that, studying herself from every angle. She is wearing her best-fitting suit, the one that looks least like it's hanging off her petite frame. Her shoes are sleek and tasteful and add a couple of much-needed inches to her height. Her pearl earrings, inherited from her grandmother, are simple and elegant. Yes, she has a young face, the kind that no amount of makeup can disguise, but there is nothing she can do about that. Her attention settles on her hair. Her sensible shoulder-length hair, short enough to look neat and tidy when left down, long enough to pull back into a ponytail when she needs it out of the way, the same hairstyle she has worn for the past ten years at least. Before leaving the office, she flips through the phone book, leaving for the office, uh, dials a number, and requests the first available appointment two weeks from Saturday. Sitting in the salon chair, Dana is once again faced with her reflection. She studies the gentle curve of her chin, her rounded cheeks, her unmarred ivory skin. That is an accurate description of Scully. The stylist, who introduces herself as Marie, has a thick Baltimore accent and brushes her hair in front of her shoulders. What are we doing today? Just a little trim? I wish I could do a thick Baltimore accent. Dana swallows. No, actually, I... She pauses and looks herself over one last time. Can you make me look older? Marie laughs. That is not a request I get very often. And then she's all business, picking up sections of hair, testing out different lengths between her fingers, taking, talking rapid fire about products and styling tools as they proceed to and from the shampoo station. Dana winces at the first few metallic snips. But soon she settles into a strange sort of calm as she watches clump after clump fall to the floor. She takes mental note of each product Marie applies to her now chin-length hair and pays careful attention to the way she blows dries it with a round brush that's accurate to how they style her hair. Achieving volume Dana never thought possible. Volume is directly related to age with hair. Um, the bang she was so apprehensive about while Marie was cutting now barely register as bangs at all, defying gravity through some magical combination of mousse, heat, and hairspray. What do you think? Marie asks, placing the hairdryer back in its slot. Dana is certain she is wearing the same face that she was when she came in, yet she barely recognizes herself. 45 minutes, a few inches of hair on the floor, and a blowout have done what the actual aging process has failed to do over the past decade. She is 29 years old, a medical doctor, and a federal agent, and she has just become an adult. It's perfect, Oh, yeah. Says. Woo! Scully's a woman! I love that this person that wrote this fan fiction really knows Scully's hair. Like, they really studied it. Oh, they did. They know how it's styled. It's, I mean... I'm impressed. I'd love to interview them. Okay. I have another fan fiction to read that is very short. Um, and it's going to be a little bit interesting. So this is a alternate universe fan fiction. And if you're not familiar okay. with that term, that means essentially it takes the characters from the X-Files, but it's not necessarily set in the world of the X-Files. So this particular fan fiction is set with Mulder in college and okay. has nothing to do with the X-Files and what actually happens in the X-Files. 
Okay. I'll okay. read. I'll read the uh, the summary of it because I think that it's funny. So this is called Daisies, and it was written by someone whose name is Post Apocalyptic Alien. And the summary says, this was a concept that most people, in parentheses, my friends, seemed to like on Tumblr when I said I might write a college alternate universe with that same concept. They seem to have wanted it, so here we are. It's not exactly a college alternate universe like the tags say, but they're definitely not FBI agents. So, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. Okay, it starts with song lyrics, but I, I don't know this song. Uh, but it says the song is called Daisy the Great uh, by the band Record Player Song, in case that rings a bell for anyone. Okay. Okay, here we go. Now this is, I, you're going to have a lot of questions, and I'm just going to ask you to hold them until the end. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. A mattress on the floor, her belongings scattered around, an important thing lying on the mattress. Fox picks up her bra, shirt, and jeans and heads into the bathroom. She doesn't bother buttoning up the shirt, instead picking up the white toothbrush off the sink and beginning the ritual of brushing her teeth. Turning away from the mirrors, she eyes her, bedfe her bedfellow asleep in the bed. She'll have to wake her up soon, Fox thinks. But for now, she spits, puts the toothbrush back where she found it, and exits the bathroom, now buttoning her shirt as she goes. She picks up her companion's disregarded coat from the floor, fishing for the cigarette pack she knows is in there. Her hands wrap around her box, and, and Fox pulls it out, throwing the coat back on the floor and the box on top of it. The cigarette hanging out of her mouth, she wanders over to the window and pushes it open. The cigarette lit, inhaling and puffing, watching the scenes under her, Fox wonders what it would be like to have a purpose, a structure to the day, rather than just waking up, having sex, and then going to sleep. You owe me a pack. Fox turns to find her girlfriend awake, standing at the open window. She takes in her attire and smiles. You found my t-shirt then, she comments, turning back outwards. I think it looks better on me, the other girl says. She takes the cigarette out of Fox's fingers and takes her own puff. At least tell me you have underwear on, Fox asks, staring at her legs. When she pulls her eyes back up to the girl's face, she smirks. Of course not, Fox chuckles, shaking her head. Why would you? Maybe I wanted to give your downstairs neighbor a show. She passes the cigarette back to Fox. Maybe there's a pool of jealousy at that thought, and for good measure, Fox looks to the fire exit underneath her, grateful to find it empty. Unfortunately for you, Mr. Biggins isn't awake yet. She flicks the butt over the edge, watching it tumble down to the world below. She finds her girlfriend gone when she turns around, having climbed back into the apartment. Fox follows, climbing through herself and watching as the girl begins redressing. Where are you going? Fox asks. She tries to keep the wine out of her voice. Home, the other girl says, shucking on her jeans. She throws Fox's t-shirt over her head, briefly exposing her bare breast that Fox's eyes are immediately drawn to. She covers up quickly enough with her own clothes. You should go too, she says, once her head is through the hole. Phoebe, Fox begins, ready to scoff at that notion, tell her once again that she hasn't had a home since she was 13 years old. Mine were the same, Phoebe says, standing up and moving over to where Fox stands, her hands on her chin, lifting her face up. Finally, they learnt to accept it. Yours will too, eventually. It's been four years. They never will. 
Phoebe begins an assault on Fox's face, kissing every bit of skin as a way to soothe the pain. There's no pain, really. At least Fox likes to think that. Go home anyway, Phoebe says, forehead pressed against Fox's. Get out of this hovel for a bit. She picks up her coat and Fox watches as she walks away, leaving her there in a rundown apartment. The most important thing walking away from her. The end. Um, so Fox is a woman. Am I reading this right? This is true. Fox Mulder is a lesbian. Fox Mulder is a lesbian. Still sleeping with Phoebe. Mm-hmm. Whatever. I'll let it slide because they're lesbians. Um, they're homeless? <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not homeless. I believe what's happening here is that Fox's parents have rejected mm. her as a lesbian. I um, see. And Phoebe says, my parents also did that, but eventually they came around. So you should go home and talk to your parents. I get it. Okay. That went over my head a little bit. <laughs> There's a lot of intricacies here. Uh, Fox Mulder is a lesbian. Yeah, Phoebe first and foremost. <laughs> yeah. They're Everyone's a lesbian. <laughs> I think it's a really interesting choice that this person made to have, first of all, Mulder be a lesbian woman instead of just, I don't know, having Scully in college sleeping with Phoebe. Yeah, it's like they wanted to like kind of follow some semblance of the universe, but not. Yeah. But it's okay. I enjoyed it. Um, next time we do this, we'll find a Scully and Phoebe one. And if there isn't one, we will write it. <laughs> it's true. Again, as I said, I was really looking for Mulder and Phoebe ones. And this is what I found. Mulder as a lesbian. I think that this is great. <laughs> this is a good option. One that angers me slightly less. Wow. God bless all the fan fiction writers. I do have one more that I want to read. So it's called Let It Burn. And the summary, to give away again what it's about. Fox Mulder has a secret he's been trying to outrun ever since he first left home. Just when he thinks he's safe, Phoebe Green walks back into his life and ruins it all. Mulder needs to take control of this situation and fast before Phoebe takes away something only he has the right to. Has that made you excited for what this is about? I'm tired of hearing about Phoebe, Um, but yes. (laughs) Okay, I might try to skip around here because this is kind of long, but I really want to get to the important part. Okay, so I'll, I'll read the opening and then maybe I'll skip down a little bit. Okay. The second he heard that voice, he knew he was in big trouble. He could practically hear her smirk on the tape, the satisfaction she must have had, knowing she was going to scare him half to death. He didn't, however, expect her face to suddenly appear just inches from his in a matter of seconds. Aren't we looking rather ghostly, Phoebe said, barely containing her happiness. Mulder just stared at her for a minute, wondering what awful thing he could have possibly done to deserve this. 
Years of regret and fear and hatred suddenly crashed down over his head, and all of a sudden he felt all of 18 years old again. And then he remembered Scully was there. Wonderful, intelligent, hilarious Scully, who liked him even though he was a bit spooky. He couldn't mess this up. He wouldn't. Mulder turned to his partner, trying to force a smile. It's an old friend. He climbed out of the car before his breath could hitch, or he could show any sign that things were less than perfectly and extraordinarily okay. Aren't you going to thank me? Phoebe asked. For what? He replied, slamming the car door shut behind him. For saving your life. One tends not to make the same mistake twice. A challenge. He remembered this game. He'd been quite good at it once. I'll try to remember that. Oh, come on. Don't tell me you left your sense of humor at Oxford ten years ago, Phoebe exclaimed, a smile falling onto her face. Hello, Scully said bitingly. Mulder couldn't help but smile. Phoebe leaned in close to his ear. She hates me, she whispered, and followed it up with a name, a woman's name, a name Mulder hadn't heard in years and had hoped he'd never hear again. And suddenly he was frozen. It was like time had stopped and nothing was real except for that name pounding against his eardrums and tearing his body open. Mulder felt cold fingers of dread crawling their way back, hit their way up his back and coming up to a clutch at his heart. He forced himself away from Phoebe and stared at her with disgust. What brings you to the colonies, Mulder choked out. Blah, 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 you know, some chit-chat, some Sherlock Holmes references. I'll skip ahead a little bit. Um, okay, Scully and Mulder are alone. Scully asks him what, what's wrong. He doesn't really tell her. Um, he tells her that Phoebe knows that he's scared of something and Scully thinks it's about fire. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. Scrolling down. Um, okay. Here we, here we go. Here we go. We're getting into it now. So this is later. Um, okay. Mulder's been upset. Scully is confronting him about it. Mulder, talk to me, Scully said softly, turning to face the back of his head. Is this about the fire? Mulder shook his head. Is this about, Scully bit her lip. Is this about the name that Phoebe said to you? Go away, Scully. Mulder. Scully, go away. For a moment, Scully was speechless. Mulder had never talked to her like that before. Her brain was telling her to leave, to turn off the light and go back home and forget this had ever happened. But something in her gut told her to push it. Mulder needed this. She didn't know what it was and she didn't know why, but she knew Mulder. And she knew he needed her right now. A woman's name, Skelly said quietly. Who, Mulder? Someone you knew? Someone you were with? Nothing. Mulder, who is? Don't say it. Skelly jumped as Mulder whirled around and grabbed her arm just a bit too tightly. She looked into, into his eyes and realized they were wet with tears. Please don't say that name. I can't. Mulder's breath hitched and he looked away, ashamed. I can't hear you say that name. Scully had no idea what to do, so she just put her hand on his and waited for his explanation. Slowly, Mulder loosened his grip on her arm and slowly he reached out to touch her hand. Her, his eyes met hers, a question. She took his hand, and Mulder released a breath he didn't know he'd been holding. That name, Mulder whispered, is me, or was me. I'm trans. Before Scully could say anything, Mulder was rambling. 
You see, I moved to England. I was friends with a lot of these geniuses. Well, geniuses for high school anyway, kind of like the lone gunman. You don't know the lone gunman. That's not the point. Anyway, before I moved to England, these guys messed with my school credentials to get them to show up as Fox William Mulder on the transcript so I could go stealth in college. Um, blah, blah, blah. Then I met Phoebe. I was young and I was stupid and she was infatuated with my smart mouth and my foreign accent. And before long, we got to being a couple and we got to kissing and we got to doing other things. But I thought it was love and I thought I could trust her. So I could, so I let her see all of me and she didn't take it the way I thought she would. At first, Phoebe said she was fine with it. She said she thought it was hot. So I told myself, hey, you know, that's just how it's going to be. But then Phoebe turned it into a game, and so on and so on. So you, I think you get, I think you get the idea of what's happening here. Wow. Um. Yeah, that was that was a revelation. What a twist! A revelation. That is, I mean, people are really they 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 explore a lot of aspects of gender and sexuality here in the fanfic realm. Um, they really do. And I will say that later in this fan fiction, Scully knits Mulder a trans flag scarf and he wears it. So oh that's kind of cute. That is precious. Of course she does. Of course she does. I, I think the thing that this has shown me, though, is that people won't write Mulder and Phoebe fan fiction unless something is very different about the characters in it. Yeah, as they should. <laughs> That's the way that that should go down. <laughs> uh, this wow. was all I found. I found this one, I found the lesbian one, and then I found the graveyard sex one. And those were the only Phoebe fan fictions. The fandom is aligned on who they support Mulder having sex with. And even if it's not Scully, it's very rarely Phoebe. <laughs> well, when I get to writing, things are going to change around here. Oh my god. You're going to do that. I'm going to do only Skelly and Phoebe and Lone Gunman. <laughs> <laughs> I did think it was funny that they mentioned the Lone Gunman in this one. Mm -hmm. And then Mulder was like, because it was before they had been introduced episode, in the show, yeah. Mulder was like, oh, you don't know them. <laughs> yeah. He's like, well, we'll get to that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, now I'll thank the fanfic writers. Yes, please um, do. All of them for, you know, the array of uh, work that we've read here tonight. And uh, there is just so much more on the internet. Um, so much more. 900 pages just on that one website. Um I feel an immense amount of gratitude for these writers and for this show and just for the endless amount of joy that we get to take from it. Yes, I certainly agree. And I think this will be something that we definitely do again. So we'll mm. get a chance to read more fan fiction. And if you're a person who knows of fan fiction you think would be fun for us to read or wrote your own that you want us to read, send them to us. Yeah, please send them to us. Well, you know what happens next week? 
We start season two. Season freaking two. I mean, I'm so excited for uh, episode one of season two. So buckle up. So season two, episode one is called Little Green Men. And reading the, the Hulu description here. Mulder travels to Puerto Rico in advance of a beret team out to destroy evidence of an extraterrestrial encounter. All right. Not where I thought season two was going, but I'm ready for it. Oh, yeah. Season two is going a lot of places, and they start in Puerto Rico. So Incredible. I can't wait to watch it. But until then, if there are any aliens listening... We do still hope that you'll come get us because we're scared.